And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. Hey listeners, the new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX-11, is here. RX-11 is everything you need to fix, enhance, and polish your audio for music and content creation. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10 at isotope.com. That's F-R-E-T-1-0 at I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hi, Jenny. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm having one of those mornings where, well, it's like noon now, but mm-hmm. I had a perfect night where I ordered delivery and watched a movie, slept perfectly, oh, like God. fell asleep sober, and yeah. I'm struggling to oh, like really? be awake right now. Yeah. Too much rest. Yeah. <laughs> Too much rest, maybe. Um, it's a very bizarre feeling, so um, All right. yeah, bear well, with me if I'm a little slow. <laughs> no problem. Where are you? I'm in Chicago. Um, Did you grow up there in Chicago? I grew up in Wisconsin, um, Green Bay to be exact, Um, but I've lived here for, you know, at least 16 years, Um, so Chicago's home. What was growing up in Green Bay like? It was um, very sad (laughs) to grow up there. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to laugh. (laughs) yeah i didn't think you were gonna Um, say that yeah well i think it's i think the only reason anyone would know what green bay is is because of the packers sure and the entire culture um revolves around the green bay packers you know like even the trash cans are green and gold right (laughs) street signs um so it's like feels like you're kind of in this cult and it's the only important thing um and so, you know, there's just not a lot of culture there. I think as a child, I couldn't wait to be an adult right. and leave. <laughs> did, 
growing up, did, did bands come through there? Did you see bands? Or was that more like Milwaukee? That was more Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, not people didn't tour here, although I think they did in the 90s. So, yeah, so I'm 30... I'm 36, so, mm -hmm. you know, I probably just missed whatever window sure. happened where anyone would travel, find it valuable to travel up there. Right. Um, but there was music happening. I did grow up um, going to Eagles clubs and watching my friends play, and that was really the only... Um, venue for watching music unless it was you know the stadium there so i guess like i'm sure whatever big bands going through and then like and then like fairs you know seeing like journey cover bands or something right <laughs> so Did, so it was very limited yeah okay did you grow up playing music in school or bands or a little bit um yeah when i was four years old, I started taking piano lessons. Um, however, I, I never became a piano virtuoso, unfortunately. Um, you think something good would happen there from starting so young, but I just despised lessons so much and kind of maybe I, I don't, I can't say I do now. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually considering taking lessons again because I find it to be very valuable. Um, but growing up, I just hated hated it so i i, I wouldn't practice <laughs> yeah. um but yeah you know grew up had a piano at home and um in school i guess i played clarinet for a little bit but if i picked one up i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to play it i don't right. think and did you start playing music once you moved to chicago i did not immediately no um I I started kind of late, I think, by industry standards. I probably started playing music around um, when I was twenty five, mm -hmm. and uh, that's too late. I had you're not qualified. <laughs> it's too. I'm not qualified. Yeah, yeah. I'm like an old hag, you know, <laughs> by then already. So so um yeah, and, and I never intended to play music. Um, wasn't a goal of mine, you know, and I. I was in my 20s. I wanted, I was like a beekeeper and I thought, um, you know, mm. and I, I love music uh, my whole life, but it just wasn't uh, a goal of mine. But I, uh, I had a karaoke machine and uh, a, a turntable and, uh, and this uh, synth that like popular with people who play in church um it's like this roland xp80 oh, so yeah. it's one of those 80s synthesizers right that has like 300 sound banks and <laughs> and a sequencer a quantizer and stuff so it was i like accidentally learned how to compose songs by learning sequencing and quantizing neat um and then I was, I was just hooked, you know, it was like from a, so I was like, I learned how to basically dub on my karaoke machine and just Whoa. like create these really, um, <laughs> you know, and then I had like a microphone that my roommate at the time gave me this like amazing mm -hmm. microphone. Like, I don't know. 
if you ever get attached to certain pieces of gear, but that's like one piece of gear I wish I still had where it just, I don't even know what it was, but it felt like, right. uh, you know, kind of like, um, had the quality of, you know, it was like electro voice, um, microphones. It's just mm-hmm. like, kind of like feels like a school, like, like made for a school PA or something like right. yeah. when you're doing the morning announcements. It just has that great quality to it. So, um, yeah, so I had one of those, and and yeah, I just created these really kind of, yeah, I mean, terrible songs, you know. Just I got, I mean, my God, if anyone heard them, I <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> but but that's how I started. Yeah. Okay. Well, for one, we got to find that microphone. I know, I know. I, I should I should ask. Um. Well, that experience, I would say, and whatever else happened in between. Then and now, your new record, Giddy Shelter, that experience seemed to bear some fruit. Now that I know that, it, maybe I'm making it up, but I'm, I'm uh, putting things together on this uh, record, which I, I really love this record. It's so great. Um, Thank you. Uh, Giddy Shelter is a collaboration of you and Tim Kinsella, who is banned from Tour Stories for 10 years, as we discussed. <laughs> earlier but i'm glad that you came in his place um but this record again i i love it it's a fun listen uh it's a collage of i would say noise live instrumentation Mm -hmm. um sampling and electro beats it's a lot more than that but that's just off the top of my head um and it it's i love experimental music it i would maybe at times put it into an experimental category but it's very hooky so it's it's a full circle for me. Um, and I want to talk more about how you recorded it, etc. But there is a larger picture surrounding Giddy Skelter, which is this zine that you put together called Giddy Shelter, a case study, how to make the record you want to make. And it is a zine, a book, if you will, a publication of charts and drawings and writings, but it's truly, well, uh, a look into your process and possibly a guide to making a perfect record. And I just think it's, <laughs> I've, I've looked at the whole thing and it's just so great. It's so great. And it's, <laughs> it's not, to me, it's like, at first I was like, oh, this is neat. This is part of the record. Like it's liner notes and art. Yeah. But it also right, right, right. It has some it, it has some external validity, as the scientists say. I think someone could just <laughs> use this as a model and at the very least have fun, but probably make the record sure. they want. And sure. the, it's great to look at and it's very candid and kind of personal and funny, <laughs> but practical and direct. It's just mm-hmm. it's really neat. Um and I find that interesting can you tell me a little bit about the origin of that and was that the chicken or was that the egg or did they all come together right well gosh so what's amazing is even this record is at least two years old right so it's it's ancient to tim and i Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure as you can relate when you you know how release cycles go and and how um you're at least for me, and I'm sure you feel the same way as like, you're always most excited about the thing you're working on right now. Um, because you've overcome 
whatever process uh, from the previous record. Um, and so, right, I would say it's the zine is a document of that process because it was, um, it had so many layers to it because it could, because of the pandemic, because we were at home, because we wanted to just experiment in this particular way, um, you know, using more chants than just sitting and writing songs. Um, and, and it's unlike any process we've used for our previous records um, that are under our old band name, um, Good Fuck, which, you know, right. we just uh, changed that name for maybe obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> i i like the name as well but uh, you know sometimes when you're trying yeah. to do more formal stuff like oh i yeah. really like this grant i would really like uh this <laughs> yeah. residency where you have you know middle-aged uh women looking at it and just being like so distasteful you know yeah. why, why <laughs> you gotta do that um so so we we dropped it and and also which is fine i i don't really i don't feel like attached to band names and i think mm -hmm. they're really easy to get sick of you know like sure they they just i feel like a a title for a record is is more important than what your band name is because that's a good point i think all band names start to sound stupid after a while to I the agree. to I, the employees yeah, of the band to the founding members yeah and then you get over a hump and you're just like, oh, okay, well, we just have a stupid name. Oh, well. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. No one's going to let you change it, especially once people know who you are. It's, right. it's just like, it's over. You're yeah. just stuck with it. And it makes, it makes me feel, yeah, like, like a teenager or something, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, yeah. So dropping the band name, I feel totally okay with. Um, but yeah, so that's all to say that um, it was a new process. We wanted to document it. Um, a lot of, you know, some of the most fun parts of that were just the chance elements, like, um, like, you know, we, we did a lot of song starts, not full songs, but, um, basis for songs, probably, I don't even remember how many, maybe it was 30, maybe it was 60, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we, we did like a voting system of, listening like at the time i think we had we pulled we out of bed in the middle of our living room like we made the record at our house in our house um okay. and recorded everything at home um you know just on on a i think we we recorded it all on ableton okay um and uh and so we we listened like laid out on our bed lit, lit some incense put on the candles you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and like and uh and uh yeah decided did italian and then like kept whittling that down and then you know as well like with like the lyrics we we kind of um i think we took all the lyrics that were written cut up cut them up line by line put them in bags like closed our eyes pulled out pieces of paper and then and then put them onto separate pieces of paper looked at them uh, decided what you know 
piece of music could work with those words and oh, then wow. altered the words from there and uh and, and so on and so forth i mean just really kind of uh yeah not seeing if some sort of exterior uh faith could lead us to some somewhere interesting or like at least surprising to us um Right. As opposed to trying to force some sort of idea or feeling, find, having the feeling arrive in that way of chance. Right. And there's so much more in this in this zine as well. Like you're a lit. I like the lists. I like lists. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> but there's, you know, the list. I think you have a playlist and I think you maybe have possibly lists of influences. I'm not sure. Yeah, a list of <laughs> but, that and um, a list yeah. of books. Yeah. And a list of books. And that's interesting to me because I don't know why, but I've always been a little bit scared to read books about the artistic process. I don't know why. I don't know if it's... That's interesting. Some inward looking I do not want to do. I'm I'm guessing it's that. But... um, you're, this, I don't know. But this zine <laughs> is different. I mean, this, I, this is probably the first one I've really actually read, and I consider it a book on the artistic process. So yeah, th- yeah, I think absolutely. you're gatewayed me. I think so. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, on the other hand, do enjoy reading about, um, yeah, people's processes. I, I mm-hmm. don't, I, I, I can't like think of any books though, uh, off the top of my head that I'd be like, Oh, this changed my life. Um, sure. I think it's better to just read them and, and forget it and then see, you know, uh, how it comes through. And maybe that's why you're, you're a little resistant. It's like, you don't want to be too influenced or you don't. And it's like, you don't necessarily want to take someone else's process. Right. It's like, well, that's not new. And you're not going to necessarily, you're, you're going to be like possibly comparing yourself to the person who created that process. So, so I understand that for sure. I might be self-conscious of doing something incorrect no i don't think that's it but somewhere along those lines yeah Um, no i feel you i feel you the other thing with the with the words and as you described how you you sort of chose the words to fit with the music um it's surprising to me because a lot of the words and lyrics are non-ambiguous um and they're pretty intense and poignant and Mm relative to your process, which I, I don't want to call it just random pick. I, it seems very thoughtful with what you were doing, but it's mm-hmm. interesting how it landed that way. Like if you told me it's, as they say on paper, which you did, it, you do in the zine, I would mm-hmm. just guess like, oh, the, they'll be, I mean, they may be great, but they'll be a little ambiguous. They may fit better with the tone of the music, but they're not, they're very poignant. Yeah, it did work out somehow i mean and 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 i do think we we uh we did a lot of rewriting for sure sure. (laughs) to 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 make it so and and especially yeah for me when it comes to um singing something it it does have to have to sound right you know it has to be singable um well it worked um (laughs) well i'd like to play uh nina is that cool with you Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. 
Yes, yes. Yes. Of course. Everyone loves that ending. <laughs> Everyone's got to hear that ending. That's that's the, It feels good. It does. It feels so good. Just live drums. <laughs> After the journey, which I believe that song is a great journey. It's kind of a two-part experience. It's Yeah. It's really great. And you you have a video Yeah. with it too, right? Yeah, our friend uh Jonathan Van Herrick directed that one. Um he's in that band Facts. Uh, maybe formerly known as Disappears. Right. Uh, you know, Chicago rock I legends. Funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves him. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, he was great. Um, well, I, w- uh, yeah, I want to hear a little bit about you. You, you recorded this all in your house. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I read that you two picked up a new instrument. Um in the recording yeah. process or at the beginning of it bass for you ableton yeah. f- for tim yeah yeah um yeah the ableton thing was out of convenience because he was using reason which i just can't uh, wrap my head around like I I, I get it yeah. I get that it's like these racks and you're like building a studio basically yeah. um in a DAW um but it just annoyed me I mean honestly working on a computer annoys me sure. um because you're you know you're just using a mouse it's like the most unfeeling thing yeah. um but it, it, it is, I, I do think Ableton is incredible for composing songs. It's just so much faster, you know, and it, and and you can like kind of know straight away if a song is going to work or not. Um, you can build out a structure in like, you know, five minutes or something. Right. Um, so that was like super helpful for him to to learn Ableton. And, and now I think he he loves it and it's great. Um, and and then bass is just something I've always wanted to play. And I think Tim bought me this like, what is it? It's like a Gretsch, like like newer bass. Like it's like a cheap bass, but um, you know, a good good starter bass. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and I just 
took like online lessons you know I just like think I found like some YouTube thing like some like dude who's like check out like here, what's up here with bass buzz <laughs> you know and I'm like yeah cool like and, and I took like this whole online course and and then it, it but it worked I'm like okay I know yeah. how to play bass now pretty much um and and uh and now I would say it's my my primary instrument oh, um neat. yeah I guess I played a lot of bass on that record but that definitely yeah made a difference and i think there's always something really interesting about people starting using something in a way that they don't quite know how to do it you know so it's like of course i kind of knew how to technically play bass but it's like as far as you know i'm not like a huge music theory person yet i'd like to be (laughs) i'd really like to be Um, yeah anyone's first take on an instrument and I would consider Ableton an instrument in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Using something wrong is the most interesting thing yeah. to do. And I, I also, there's a, there's a density to all of the songs. And it makes me wonder, and you kind of described it earlier, but I, it made me wonder if you had demos and then you listened to them and then you started all over which a lot of people do or did you just build on the demos until the record was done Mm, yeah no i think we we built on the demos um Mm -hmm. this time and a huge part of that process was um going to the art institute and that's also in the zine we talk about that a little bit um Because again, this is the pandemic. So um, then nobody was there. Like it would, you would maybe right. see 10 people the whole time, which is definitely not the case. You know, typically when you go to museum, you're just kind of like fighting off anxiety. Usually, at least I am um, when I'm at, you know, or in trying to like sneak past people or you're feeling like you need to move on like quickly. And it, and it just really feels like a... Uh, a disruptive process to like what seeing visual art is but um this but we would go and each kind of take our separate routes um and listening to all the demos and and listening and going from primitive art to uh, the contemporary wing and ending there and and um and i feel like yeah we thought of the beginning of the record as like being more primitive and then ending with some sort of contemporary (laughs) feeling i don't know if that really happened i don't i don't think that it's not quite that literal you know it's all kind of uh blended together but that that is how we uh calibrated ourselves right i would say that's great through these visual means so you recorded the entire record in the apartment did you mix it and every everything there too we mixed the record at Electrical with our friend um, Cooper Crane, mm. uh, who's in uh, Bitchin Bajas, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, he's he's just so great. And we did spend a lot of days in the studio, really 
focusing on the mix and 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 tweaking the sounds in that way um just adding that extra layer of depth yeah. even though it is a pretty dense record you know there's a lot of tracks on on every song for sure um so that also required us to be in the studio kind of for long days like we probably mixed two record or two songs tops in a day and uh-huh. and that would be like a, a very long day um like you know maybe eight ten hours yeah, the reason I ask is because I have recorded a lot of stuff in my house or in my studio, but it's so transforming when you can go to a mixer that you trust yes. and like, and it consistently for me just opens it up. It's like, whoa, and it kind of, you know, like you get kind of psyched again, yeah, and, it, and it shows a little light like to what you did. Yeah, you're you're actually hearing the record. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the exactly. first time, kind of yeah. like, like, oh, oh, and what is that? And, you know, there's actually, you know, potentially some things where you're like, oh, that's not even like in the same key. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like no longer uh, this this uh, pile of mush. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a privilege. I really can't imagine not mixing in a studio yeah i can't tell you i think everyone should yeah (laughs) objectivity um yeah have you played these songs live much we have played the living shit out of these songs i mean i am yeah in fact we uh have a new record in the works and um we've written maybe seven songs now and so we just Mm. play like basically like what's the beginning of the record because i think the best way to workshop a record is to play it out live yeah um i i'm sure we're gonna play some of the songs uh from the record as we uh hit the road you know and um more in like november and december and april um for now we're like uh, i don't know we're we're a new band you know we like we uh our friend uh, theo uh who is in joan of arc is playing drums with us now and uh we have untethered from the computer you know because uh i i just can't understand how anyone handles like the potential failure of like cpu overload uh you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, so it's just like makes me sick. Like, yeah. it, it, <laughs> like there needs like... to be something like someone needs to invent just like a box being like CPU saver. Yeah. And you just like plug it in. But then, you know, I'm sure if that happened, it would be like, well, you need a dongle, you yeah. know, and then the dongle breaks and then you're right. fucked. And then you, Yeah. <laughs> so you have to have a backup of the dongle. And always have the yeah. CPU saver charged, which will yep. probably be a, the weirdest charger ever because it, the voltage yeah, exactly. has to be perfect. Exactly. And then you have to buy one for overseas and it costs $500. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the CPU blues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're, so, so, yeah. you're, you're free of that. We're free of that. Um, Great. What's your yeah. instrumentation when you play now? It's um so it's drums, bass, guitar, a couple guitars and um and then I recently picked up this uh it's called a piano player plus. 
uh, by Roland. I think it's it's an mm. 80s synth, and it it kind of looks like a Juno, in the sense like the buttons on there have that like Juno um, buttons, and you know it's very simple. It's just a couple of piano sounds, harp sounds, and um, and then drum machines like the the pre recorded like drum loops, yeah. but they sound great because it's kind of like it's got like the heaviness of like an 808 um and and then also a couple arpeggiators so so that's like been really fun to play that and that's like going through a large pedal board and then um and then another roll in like another organ string and then that's it that's that's the whole thing it's just so simple cool in the way besides the fact that we're carrying like you know seven amps now (laughs) So you are uh, you you mentioned that you are gonna do some touring. Where are you going? A little bit in November. We're going to the Southwest mostly. Mm-hmm. We're starting in LA and then we're going down, um, and then like ending in in Austin. It's a, it's a little bit of a weird jaunt, maybe like a, a week or so. Yeah, and then that's a um, nice jaunt at this time of the year. It is. And then we're going to the UK in November and then East Coast in the spring. Maybe we'll do some things in between then. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, sounds like you're not coming to the my neck of woods, but I might be in the Southwest very soon. Not living there, but just yeah. visiting. So I'll look for you. I'd, I'd like to see this. I'd love to see these tunes and I'd love to see the new tunes also. Yeah. You're going to keep the name? Yeah. Are you going to change the name? I don't think so. I think it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's just our names. Okay. And then, you know, and then we have Theo who's just humbled himself for now to, to be our third. Right. <laughs> Do you think you'll, at some point, if you just keep using your names, you think this has ever happened where someone's like, God, I feel like a teenager. We're just using our names. I don't think that'll, I think, I think it's so. bulletproof. <laughs> It might be. Maybe. It might be. Unless unless people unless like people start like giving you nicknames. You know, that would be like the teenage flip where they like take your name and then like you have enough fans where they create nicknames for you, then then it's like it's over, then you really have regressed. God, I just started um, making up funny nicknames for you guys, but I'm not gonna I don't want to I mean, sp- spread them out in the world because they'll be shouting. Them not at yet. You. It's too soon. It's too yeah. soon. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, travel safe. It was great talking to you. And um, oh, thank you. You too. Anyone can get this record at the old Kill Rock Stars store. And uh, congratulations again. It's great. Uh, oh, I have a question. It, I yeah. couldn't figure this out. Is uh-huh. the zine available? Is it published? Is it out it there? It is available. Can I get it? Yes. Yes, it's available on our website, um, kinsellandpulse.com or on Bandcamp. Um, Yeah, so anyone can get that very easily. Or if you come see us at a show, we'll have them. Oh, great. Great. I'm going to order one when we're done here. Oh, Oh, I'll mail you one. Yep, I'm going to mail you one. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) uh, travel safe when you're out there and uh, take care of yourself. Say hello to Tim. Tell him. 10 years isn't isn't that far away absolutely okay all right thank you all right take it easy bye <laughs> you too bye the angling and ever present instruction of your heart
langkah 